Good morning. Good morning. Breakfast today is sponsored loving memory and Le'ilu Nishmat. Kamuna Batzuera, Alea Shalom, sponsored by her grandson, Yossi Mazik. You know, this week, unfortunately, uh, we were reminded why it is that we commemorate days like Yom HaShoah. Why it is that we uh, tell ourselves this idea of never uh, forget and um, and and in, in order to, to kind of bring it down to earth, sometimes it's difficult. We have to watch films of the past. We need to remind ourselves of anti-Semitism in times gone by. But this week, it, uh, it, it wasn't necessary. This week, we experienced another crazy person walk into a synagogue and try and kill an entire community. Um, and... The events in Poway or six months ago in Pittsburgh or in other places illustrate to us that when the Haggadah says, we're not mincing words and we're not playing with cliches, but rather that this is something which is a clear and present danger and it is always there under the surface in every country we go. So however beautiful or rosy it seems, uh, you can find a person turn into an, into an animal, into a monster um, in, in a matter of a very short time. And I'm, I'm reminded when I think about this of the beginning of the parasha, by the Berashem and Moshe, and God speaks, God speaks to Moshe. Is that how the parasha starts? Is that how it starts? And Hashem, and Hashem speaks to Moshe after the death of the two sons of Aaron. What's remarkable about this, the reason why I asked you is because it sounds like an ordinary pasuk. And God spoke to Moshe after the death of the two sons of Aaron. But actually there's a tremendous chidush in that pasuk. And again, I just, I want to read it to you again. Standard, right? After the two sons of Aaron had died as they approached or tried to get close to God and they died. I think sometimes there's a feeling that in the aftermath of tragedy that there was an absence and there was a uh, a turning away of God in that time of difficulty. Those words, which communicates us that God is talking to us all throughout. And that there's a message that happens even what were they doing in the end of the day? What were they doing? When they died, they were serving God in the temple. And you experience this same exact feeling, at least for me, in the aftermath of the stories in Pittsburgh and in Poway, where the result of it is that a person actually can still, can still feel and can still experience 
a, a, a sense of message and, and connection and closeness with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Vayidaber Hashem el Moshe Ahre Moshe Bnei Aaron. Now, we in this synagogue, we were privileged this week to have uh, a Brit Milah where on Yom HaShoah we named a child and the child was called, because he's a Kohen, he called the child the name, the son of his father, who is the sons of Aaron Akohen. That to me is an unbelievable thing to have in the week of Aharimot a future, talk of a future. On the day of Yom HaShoah, talk of a future. We have in the synagogue James Berenthal, who on the day that they liquidated the entire city of Brisk, 28,000 people, I think he said, that day was the day that he was born. He was born on the day of the liquidation. To me, this, this speaks of not just a lesson for anti-Semitism and for destruction and for death, but also of the knowledge that whatever a person is going through, whether it's personally or nationally, that there's going to be a tomorrow in some way and in some shape and in some form, there's going to be a tomorrow. There's a conversation that was recorded in, in the Warsaw Ghetto, where the Warsaw Ghetto uprising was on the night of Pesach. There's actually a famous picture of everyone sitting down at the seder right before they, uh, they grabbed the guns and the things that they had fashioned to begin the, the, this uprising, a bunch of nobodies with nothing, and they held off the most powerful army on earth for three weeks. And there's a conversation that's recorded where a child says to his father, he says, I have one question, not the four questions of the said there. But he asks, why is this night different and more terrible than any night that has ever come before? You know, why, why is all of this happening? What's going on here? And, and one more question, he says. He says, I'm asking you the four questions, but I want to know, you know, a fifth question is, you know, am I going to be around next year to ask these questions? Are you, my father, are you going to be around next year to answer these questions? And the father responds to the kid and he says, I don't know if I'm going to be around next year. And I'll tell you the truth, my son, I don't know if you're going to be around. But what I do know is that somewhere, wherever it might be, there's going to be a Moshe, and there's going to be a, ch a child, and there's going to be a father that's going to ask the questions that the Jewish people have asked over thousands of years every night of the Seder. I think understanding that nikuda, that point, that in some way, shape, or form, there's always a tomorrow, for some people can be a powerful catalyst for moving through times of grief. You know, sometimes when you speak to people uh, and uh, in times of very difficult times, so they communicate a sense of being unable to understand how is it that the world actually goes on? How is it that the sun rises? How do people go to work? How is it that there's traffic outside? And 
the person that this, their father has passed away. They don't, they don't understand. And the most comforting thought in the world is that, is that life actually goes on in some way and in some form. And maybe not for this person, maybe for their family, or maybe for their, uh, uh, for their community. But ultimately, when a person has lived a good life, then the, the aftermath of their, uh, of, their, of their life here on earth carries on even after they go. I, I think that there's something very powerful about the fact that, you know, nearly 4,000 years, you know, the Jewish people has been in existence. And Nadav and Avihu, they made a mistake, no doubt. But we're still talking about them every single year. We talk about them. And not just in the parasha of Aharemot. They p- appear in many different parashiyot. The discussion is there. And we talk about their, <clears throat> their teshuka, is really the right word, their desire, their ratzon, their, the intensity of their wanting to connect with God and how they got it a little bit wrong. And, and maybe, unfortunately, that resulted in, in them not being able to live out their lives and in the way that they and their family and their community would have hoped, but that there's still something about the way that they lived and the, the will that they had that motivates and is a talking point for us three and a half thousand years later. You know, an entire country is talking about Lori Gilbert K's chesed. Jewish people and non-Jewish people are reading about how she would deliver chalot to people who, who didn't have before Shabbat. How she was involved in every possible chesed mission in the synagogue. And I just thought that before we go into Shabbat, because it's a Shabbat that, you know, when we talked about Yom HaShoah and remembering, I think the most important thing about memory is to have the memory drive forward a different future. Have it be something which can, you know, make an impact. And we all know the most obvious impact is to ask each and every one of you and to ask each and every one of your friends and your wives to do something, figure out something to all be in shul this week. To make the extra effort to illustrate to people that are trying to stop Am Yisrael from feeling safe in synagogues that there's no point in terror. It's just not going to work. I think that's why the cliche of not allowing terror to win is a cliche because many cliches become that way because they're deep truths. So they get repeated often and, and over and over again. The only way to convince someone who is a terrorist that they are not going to achieve that is by having the opposite response to what they want. You know when you're a parent and you tell your child uh, that if you respond to the bully you know, and you give them what they want, then they'll, they'll never leave you alone. But if you don't show them that they're bothering you and that it gets you wound up and gets you upset, then you've taken the whole point of the bullying out of the equation. If it doesn't stop Jews from going to shul, what's the point? If it doesn't make Jews scared, it doesn't change their way of life, what's the point? Yeah, he took out a couple of Jews, you know, along with him as he blew himself up, you know, and, and you know, went his merry way to hell. But it didn't, didn't work. So number one, of course, is the obligation and responsibility and honor that we have to memorialize this, uh, this 
uh, one of the Kedoshim, she died only for being Jewish, in shul, a tremendous person, to be here this week, to be here in the synagogue, all of us. But number two as well is to ask, you know, if, if a light goes out, it's incumbent upon all of us to replace it. So if the thing that she brings to everybody who knew her as mind is a ba'alat chesed, v'torat chesed al-lishona, then maybe that's a Torah that we need to learn also to be able to uh, be a, um, a, a continuation of her life. The pasuk says, v'torat chesed al-lishona. And the Sefarim HaKidoshim, they say to us, that there's not just mitzvot and acts of chesed, but rather there's a Torah chesed. There's an entire Torah, a way of living, a rule book, a, uh, an, a, an, act, an action plan that one has when you're trying to do chesed in the appropriate and proper way. So perhaps uh, another element that we could do this week before Shabbat is to try and dedicate the week ahead to being a week of pure chesed uh, in her memory, to take every opportunity to help an older person, to do an act of, uh, of tzedakah, to uh, be kinder and gentler with the people in our family, and to make this whole week be a week where Torah chesed al-lishona, we have learned from her the Torah, the understanding and the lessons and the lessons and the nuances of chesed. Be'ezrat Hashem, I'm accepting upon myself, and I hope that you and anyone that's listening will do the same, that this coming week, each and every day, I'm going to do one extra act of chesed in, uh, in her memory. I hope that you will join me in this, uh, in, this, in this move, and as well, with regards to the entirety of this week, that we will commit ourselves and rededicate ourselves with more power, with more vigor, and with more energy towards being even better Jews. And if the ratzon and the desire is to wipe out that flame, then to do the opposite and to attempt as best we can to do what it was that they're trying to stop us from doing, to do it even better. May God bless us. Adonai yivarech et amor b'shalom.